The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, they need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What does that do? Did that blow your mind? That just happened. All right, welcome back. It's In This League right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hour 3. That's Scott Bogman. I'm Chris Welsh. Hello. Hello. And uh, had a great show. If you missed any of it, go listen on demand, as you always should. We're going to do something a tiny bit different here. Not that it's not us, but we want to play you some of our interview with Rich Dodson from Dynasty Nerds. Dodson? Dodson? We got Dodson here. Yeah, we See, do. Nobody cares. We do have Dodson here, but, but people do care about this one from Dynasty this Nerds. Dotson. This is from the In This League Fantasy Football Podcast. Interviewed him talking Dynasty. So if you want more extensive coverage, you can get that over at In This League. So please go check that out. But... Let's go talk about it right now. It's Rich Dodson from Dynasty Nerds. This is a full Dynasty football conversation. We've even got some top 10 stuff at the back end, but let's do it. Rich, what's going on, buddy? Not much, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Love to talk some Dynasty fantasy football any day of the week. Yeah, how do you like that? Like, let me ask you, because we are, I, I like the I like the focus. Us at In This League, we're very eclectic in everything, because we, we not only do football, we talk Dynasty, we talk redraft, we go to baseball, we do, I mean, we do a ton of stuff. Getting that type of focus, wh- wh- like, how do you think that served you guys? I know there, there are listeners um, of In This League that were excited when I had tweeted at you guys about get, trying to get you on. They wanted that to happen. So, like, how is it getting to put that focus? Where do you think you guys have kind of, you know, stood out in the Dynasty realm? Well, I mean, the first thing is it's nice that Dynasty Fantasy Football is 365 days a year. So, I mean, it's literally nonstop. If you're going to have a dead season, it's going to be right about now. Um but, you know, once, you know, when the season's going on, there's tons of action there. And then, bam, as soon as that season ends, you're diving right into the rookies. And for us, Matt and I, my co-host on the Dynasty Nerds podcast, you know, we watch a lot of film, you know, to kind of get to where we want to make our judgment on these players. To make sure all our listeners and everybody uses the website are coming away with the best information they could possibly come away with from our opinion. And so we put a lot of time into it. So it's, it's definitely uh, – easy to keep focus on there as a nice little side project hobby action you have going on there uh how many standard leagues do you do non-dynasty redraft leagues uh i do about i'm in 11 probably have 100 (laughs) leagues wait wait wait. you you say you do 11 standard (laughs) no i do 11 dynasty and i do about 10 jesus uh 10, anywhere from 10 to 12 redraft leagues so after the games are over you're just hitting the waiver wire for every single team 
I mean, well, to be honest, that's probably what we're going to be like this year because uh, we used to do Yahoo and they limit you to eight, but we're on fan tracks now and you can do 800 million. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, I get a lot of questions on that. People are like, oh, how do you manage? How do you manage? And most of my leagues are either on Yahoo or they're on ESPN. Uh, but most of them are on Yahoo is what I prefer. And all my dynasty leagues are all on myfantasyleague.com. So, for me, if I want to go through, you know, with the app, I have two apps and I just go through there and I want to add a player. I go through each league real quick and just add gotcha. a player. And when it comes to like after a game's over, I really focus on my really high stakes league because there's a lot of money involved. And then I focus on my 15 year old league as well. Like those are the ones I really root for. And the rest, I, you know, I enjoy. I like the teams. But at the same time, it's just kind of. Not going through the motions, but I run them as kind of like I run the site. Yeah, no, I know what you, I know exactly what you're saying. I, I do a similar thing. If I'm not winning in one, I'm like, oh, screw that league. That league is the one I'm not really going to pay attention to. I like this other one. This is the one I'm going at. That's how I like to approach a Bogman. Like, if I'm not winning, eh, I don't care for that league. Except we yeah, do have a I mean, some. One. Especially in baseball. I mean, in football, it's easier because you're like, all right, you know, I got my starting lineup. Uh, you know, if there's a guy that's obvious to add, I'll try to add him, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but in baseball, it's even worse because it's like, oh, I'm out of it and it's June. So yeah. uh, I like the approach <laughs> in football, though. I like the approach in football because it, it the exposure it gives you, especially from a dynasty perspective and what you guys do, it's obviously beneficial. And obviously, you guys have built a really good fan base. What else you got going on? Anything you want to talk about over at DynastyNerds.com people should be on the lookout for over the next uh, little bit? Uh, we're building some new things. We're, we're hoping to launch here in the next couple of weeks, you know, some new ranking systems, some new forms of way of getting your ADP that we're really excited about as well. So we're building a couple of things. We're going to uh, hopefully launch here in a couple of weeks. But besides that, right now, we're just enjoying putting out the podcast, putting out some really great content and uh, helping everybody get through their summer drag here. So right about for the next month here, we like to hit some evergreen topics on the podcast to make sure that you're still staying on top of your game because when it comes to dynasty fantasy football, it's again, it really is 365. It's it's the littlest, subtlest moves that you can make in June, uh, April that could turn around when it comes to December, be the difference between you winning a championship or not. So whether it be you know July 4th, there's still always some information out there that might get you out there. You know who's going to be the Chargers tight end? What's going on in Dallas at tight end? There's a lot of little tidbits to follow, still minor, but sometimes those minor things that really turn out to be the the opus of your championship. I like it. Well, let's uh, get into some kind of overarching stuff here as we're just kind of giving this over focus of uh, dynasty football in this episode. I want to start with quarterbacks. Let's do this. Can you go through what a top 10 of your quarterbacks? I don't, you don't even necessarily need to give us who one is, who nine is, but give us what a top 10 of your dynasty quarterbacks look like. And then I want to yeah. take it to a, a question that we built over on our radio show as we go through. What does your top 10 look like? All right. So now my quarterbacks, when it comes to dynasty, it's very fluid because that's one, that's one position, unless it's albeit super flex, I don't invest in early. But right now, if we're looking at top 10, I'm looking at Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Jameis Winston, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, and then right there for me, it's kind of like, okay, who can slide into there right now? You know, is it is it Derek Carr? Is it Kirk Cousins? It's pretty wide open for me. I would today probably slide uh, Kirk Cousins in there right now 
strictly because of the weapons he has. Okay, so that that's a perfect setup. We'll do a couple questions on quarterback, but let's start here. And on the rate, we have a show on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network that we do, and we popped up with this question. We didn't know it was going to go this area because we we put this focus on Baker Mayfield and and uh, Colin Cowherd and and how Baker Mayfield just body bagged uh, Colin Cowherd in his ridiculousness. What it ended up turning into because both of these guys were in the news is all of a sudden we started to build this conversation of what what do you guys think listeners what do you guys think Jameis Winston or Baker Mayfield so from the dynasty perspective we pose that question out as a poll and rich to our surprise just around 300 people voted 73 percent said they wanted Baker Mayfield as their quarterback in dynasty over Jameis Winston and you had Jameis Winston in your top 10 so talk to me about that like he's inside your top 10 I didn't hear Baker Mayfield and the 73 percent said they wanted Baker obviously on the heels of the news listen a lot of people in dynasty leagues can be real funny and they can be real touchy on the the latest curve you know Jameis Winston gets suspended three games somebody wrote me they're like hey how does this affect Jameis Winston's dynasty value I'm like, you know you play Dynasty for the long haul, right? Three games mean absolutely nothing. That's like, how'd I feel on August 1st when I was two years old? I have no idea. It's irrelevant to my life. But when it comes to Baker Mayfield, I'm a huge, ginormous fan. You know, my team is the Browns. I'm a diehard Cleveland Browns fan. I'm a season ticket holder. And right now, you could, I could argue Baker we Mayfield. Found him. Yeah, we found He's him. <laughs> argument. Argument. Uh, so I love, I mean, I love Baker Mayfield. He's exact. I thought he should have went number one in the NFL draft. You know, and when it comes to quarterback, there's a couple of things I really like out of my quarterbacks. I want them to be really smart and I want them to be really accurate, you know, so they make good decisions. That's what I want. I don't care if they can throw 70 yards from their knees. You know, the only person that's going to be throwing 70 yards from beyond their knees is like a porn star. So I don't care about that, <laughs> right? I care about somebody that can get the ball out there. Most throws in the NFL are not over 20 yards as it is. J- Baker Mayfield brings in extreme accuracy over 70 percent at the college ranks really smart iq football iq as well has succeeded every single where that he's gone but at the same time he still hasn't done anything in the nfl Jameis winston prototypical size going to it you know he's on a good offense he's got mike evans there he's got uh chris godwin there so he has two really good tight ends there as well so for me i'm still leaning Jameis winston today in the dynasty world but when it comes to baker mayfield for somebody, like if you're in a super flex league, you're talking about someone that's going to go one, two overall in that rookie draft. So I'm a big Baker fan right now, but I'm not going to just crown him and put him in my top 10 without him ever taking a snap in the NFL. How close it's are those silly. two guys? How, I mean, because that vote, I do think there's, a, and Bogman had this great point on the radio that, you know, it, it was a bit skewed by, you know, the, the recency of the news that was going on, you know, it, uh, uh, everyone loving Baker Mayfield a little bit because of the cowherd stuff and Winston with the suspension, but seventy three percent is quite the number. So how far is this, especially you as a as a Baker fan and a Browns fan? How far off are these in Dynasty to you? I don't, I don't think it's too far, but I mean they're both number one overall picks, right? And it's not like Jameis Winston's that old. He's I think he's twenty six years old. Baker he's only Mayfield. a year. I think he's only a year older than. Uh, than Baker because he came yeah. in the league so young. So exactly. So when you go, you know, sometimes you can be swayed because of that. You know, is Tom Brady the best? Yeah, but the guy's almost forty years old. He's gonna be walking on your fantasy team with a cane suit. You can't be, you can't be investing in that for long term. So you need youth, and that's what really attracts people in dynasty is that youth. People get sometimes they get too caught up in youth. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, I need to have him because he's gonna be good on my team for the next ten years, which is great because I've had a guy like Drew Brees on my roster for fifteen years. 
love it. Absolutely love it. They but, all they all don't work out. I, I understand exactly. what you're saying. What about yes, a guy like like Miss- Andrew Luck, Rich? Like Andrew Luck is very strange. Uh, a lot of people aren't going to take him this year because he didn't play last year, you know, and they're babying him coming back. But we've seen extreme upside from Andrew Luck when he threw 40 touchdowns. What do you think about his value moving forward in a dynasty league? Uh, does his shoulder injury, uh, obviously it's still a little bit shadowed, but where are you placing him among your quarterbacks right now? He's my number three overall dynasty quarterback. I mean, I, I still love him. I'd be okay with taking a guy like Deshaun Watts ahead of him. But here, when people talk about the injury, okay, two things here. One, he's had two years of rest, okay, and get that shoulder right. So he's had plenty of time to get it right. He says he feels good. I mean, are we not drafting Allen Robinson this year? Are we not drafting Dalvin Cook this year in fantasy football? I mean, let's get it. Let's get past this. Medicine's taking leaps and bounds over the last couple of decades. So if the teams tell me he's okay, and Andrew Luck is throwing the football okay, then I'm okay with Andrew Luck because what I love is what's in between his ears, and I love his arm. So I'm totally okay with Andrew Luck. I don't care if he didn't play last year. There's there's tons of people that didn't play the year before. Everybody gets – I mean, are you not drafting Odell Beckham after he comes off his injury the year before? No, it's silly. Ask, look where Dalvin Cook is going. Look where Allen Robinson's going. Neither of those guys played most of the year last year. So I'm totally on board with Andrew Luck still today and long-term because he's a really – good quarterback and that's what i'm looking for when it comes to fantasy football really good players that play in the nfl as long as now it's let not me jim ursay as long as it's not jim ursay saying that andrew <laughs> luck is okay otherwise we're good yeah exactly we we can trust news from anyone except for jim ursay yeah. now this is more of an overarching question for dynasty in general but because you know dynasty is a little bit keeper than uh, different than keeper i mean and Dynasty, you're keeping all of your guys. Keeper, you're keeping four to five, you know, whatever. Or at least in Dynasty, you're keeping the majority of your roster, over 50%. So is every pick you take in your initial Dynasty draft, does it have to be some kind of upside? Or do you like it to be like 75% of my guys have a little tiny sliver of upside? Or is that closer to like, look, I'll take guys that, uh, you know, probably are on the back end of their career as long as half my guys have some upside or is it like a you know i draft the front of my draft is i drafted straight the back end is all upside where does that kind of come off in a initial dynasty draft for you rich for initial dynasty draft i'm really looking at just building an overall competitive team that can either that can win now and win in the long room long run and when it comes to upside with my first two picks my first couple picks there i'll try to get i try to lock up some really good talent you know mostly proven you know like a guy like michael thomas a guy like deandre hopkins younger guys that have already established themselves in the league and i like to go at a receiver i I personally like to get receivers if i can early and then go to running back and when it comes to the upside but it's kind of hard to go in there the set game plan because too many variables are going to happen where it's going to throw you off you know like okay i'm gonna take i'm gonna take evan ingram in the fourth He's my top rookie tight end. I'm going to be money. And then Evan Ingram goes right before you. What are you going to do now? Are you just going to take another tight end just because you're supposed to take Evan Ingram? Meanwhile, there's a player that's there that's better than Evan Ingram. So I don't try to go in there with a plan. But when I look at players with upside, you know, I definitely like the upside. But it depends on the player and where I'm getting them at, you know. It depends, you know, Chris Chris Godwin for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He has some good upside, but I'm not going to reach on him just because he has that upside. I really let the draft come to me, uh, and I focus on my overall structure of my team to mix a little bit of youth with a little bit of, you know, provenness, and then 
I'll mix that upside in there when the value is right. It's a really good thing of using ADP to kind of judge where that value is. So it's all to me in that initial dynasty draft, it's just about getting value. And even a guy like Tom Brady and a guy like Larry Fitzgerald hold really good value. And sometimes guys like that slip. I see, I, I recently did a draft with Golden Tate and Golden Tate was slipping for some reason. And I was loaded at receiver already, but I had to take him because the value was there. So for me, it all depends on who's there, what's the value, and how it helps my football team. So I don't know if that really answers your question in full when it comes to 75%, 50%. But you definitely, I mean, everybody's looking for upside, but isn't everybody have pretty much upside that you're going to take in the top 10 rounds? Isn't that where you're kind of taking them? You're not going to go, wow, there's a lot of downside to this player. I, yeah. I just mean like more like uh, LaShawn McCoy. You know what I mean? Like it's not downside for him, but he's reaching the end of his career. Well, it's a numbers game. It's he, a numbers game. Middle, People you know. attach like, well, players over 27, I've, I've lost my equity in this player. I've got two years in on this guy. And people get okay. nuts. We see LaShawn McCoy drop in every so freaking dynasty draft. Yeah. And, and to me, that's a, okay. I see your point now with the downside. So LaShawn McCoy to me has tremendous downside. Not only is it age at a, you know, a futile position at the running back, but the guy lost his center in Eric Wood. He lost his left guard in Richie Incognito. He lost his left tackle in Cordy Glenn. He lost his quarterback to Cleveland. He has Kelvin Benjamin who can play like a tub of goo. He's got Zay Jones out there doing karate in hotel rooms. So <laughs> right now, you know, LaShawn McCoy, it's going to be really easy for the defense to focus on him. So for me, yeah, he's a lot of down downside on him. And players like that, I literally just cross off my board. There's probably about 20 dynasty guys out there that I literally just cross off my board because I want nothing to do with it. You know, I don't want anything to do with Derrick Henry. Nothing at all. He's off my board. I scratch him off originally. LaShawn McCoy, he's off my board. I don't want him because I know I'll, I know where he's going to go because ADPs there assist me. And I know I can get a better long-term talent down the road. All right, more with Rich Dodson of Dynasty Nerds coming up on the other side of this break. You're listening to In This League. I'm the Welsh. That's Bogman. We'll be right back. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It's in this league. Buckle up, buckaroo. All night. All right, we are back with more Rich Dotson from Dynasty Nerds. He has a hat that makes him look like a secret agent. So I want to talk about running backs here, but I got to get into So tell, talk to me, why do you have Derrick Henry crossed off your board, especially being a young running back? I think that's interesting because that's the one almost safe spot I think a lot of Dynasty people would have in approaching Derrick Henry. So how, why is he crossed off? Not if you listen to the Dynasty Nerds podcast, you don't. So this is a guy that we've hammered pretty hard since he's come out, and the way I look at it when it comes to fantasy football is there are players that help their NFL team 
and there's players that help your dynasty team. And it's no, it's no, I'm not poo-pooing on Derrick Henry. He's a good football player. Is he a good fantasy player? Absolutely not. Uh, he's touchdown dependent, right? So he's not going to go out there and catch a lot of footballs. So for me, that's a downside right there. So he's, you know, he can have 80 yards every game, but he's getting eight points a game and where he's getting drafted, you know, you need more than eight points a game. All right. On average. So he needs to score a touchdown to be really relevant. They just signed Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis is a fan, you know, and granted injuries have been his biggest bugaboo, but the guy is extremely talented with the ball in his hands and efficient, even in between the tackles and he catches the ball really well. They're paying him really really good money. He's making top 10 running back money. Okay. They didn't bring, bring this guy in to be a specialty running back. They came in here, brought him in here to beat the help, the offense. So for me, that's telling me not only he's in a timeshare back, but he's really going to get no catches whatsoever. Deion Lewis can still score touchdowns from, uh, from inside the 10 as well. So he's going to split the carries. He's got to score touchdowns to give you, that make himself useful on your fantasy team. And for me, where he's going, the juice is absolutely not worth the squeeze. Everybody that to me that drafts Derrick Henry is going to be extremely disappointed. Same reason I was like, I was talking down on Samaj P. Ryan. When Samaj P. Ryan was coming out of Oklahoma going to Washington, everybody's like, oh, this guy, you got to take him. You got to take him. People were taking him ahead of a cream hunt. And I told everybody, I was like, that is nonsense that you would take you know, Samaj P. Ryan over a guy like Kareem Hunt or even possibly Alvin Kamara at the time. Because, again, he doesn't catch the football. He's touchdown dependent. And that's what he's going to need to okay, score Okay, so I want to ask you this. This is a bigger scale question. And I want to get to the running back ranks here. But I think this is a good conversation to, to keep going with here. A little bit bigger of a scale. But is Jordan Howard off of your list? He's not. I would never draft him again because where he's going to get drafted, and he's and he is kind of like the outlier. You know, he he does he has a, literally literally has the worst hands at running back in the NFL. Yeah, because because uh, you can tell what I'm doing here is I'm attaching to you. You're saying Derrick Henry is a talented yes. player, but he's not given the opportunity. Uh, he's just like Jordan Howard, but Jordan Howard is getting a bit more opportunity. So so okay, he's continue. Gonna, he's going to get more opportunity. Uh, it was a team again that had no receivers. All they could do was run the ball. You know, you're always going to take those running backs that just get carries because carries turn into fancy points. So he's going to get an abundance amount of carries. Derrick Henry has never been in position for that. When they originally drafted Derrick Henry and people wanted to draft him really high, I said, you know, same thing I'm talking about Deion Lewis. I'm like, you realize they paid DeMarco Murray really good money and it's guaranteed. DeMarco Murray is going to get his carries. They're going to run him into the ground. Okay. So Jordan Howard to me is an outlier. And there's something I really didn't like about him coming out. He's proven me wrong so far, but at the same time, guys like Jordan Howard don't have usually for the most part, that's what you got to go with odds. Most for the most part, he doesn't have a long-term window of success just because he does have the worst hands and teams are going to get away from that a little bit when they can. So he has been an outlier I would never draft Jordan Howard. I don't like him long-term. I don't even know if the Bears are going to like him long-term. I don't see Jordan Howard getting some nice second big contract in Chicago as well. So for me, he falls in that category, that Jordan Howard category. It's just Jordan Howard's got it done. And listen, LeGarrette Blunt got it done. And why? Did, it's why I like Sony Michelle so much. LeGarrette Blunt got it done, but why did LeGarrette Blunt get it done? Because he was scoring lots of touchdowns. Okay, okay. So again, like I said, I, I wanted to see to make sure there was a consistency in both those guys. So let's hear what is your top twelve. Let's go with you know an RB one in a twelve man league. If you want to go a couple higher, that's great. What is your top running back uh, dynasty setup look like? Okay, I mean you, you got the obvious out there. You got Todd Gurley, you got Le'Veon Bell, you got Zeke Elliott, uh, Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook. David Johnson, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Melvin Gordon. Okay, that was that in was that in an order or kind of the tier of your top twelve dynasty? That's close to an order. Okay, okay, that's fantastic then. 
talk to me about because there were some interesting ones in there. Uh, you had David Johnson lower than I would ex- expect some to have in, in a dynasty format, and Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley particularly, because we talked about him a little bit ago. Talk to me about Saquon Barkley and how you're treating him. Because I, did I hear right? Was he like nine? On your list, is that about right? Nine or ten? He's. I kind of. Well, <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like you're not sure about Saquon quite no, yet. I, I I like Saquon Barkley a lot. I do a lot. He's he's a very very good running back. And what I tell everybody else about Saquon Saquon Barkley is where his really bread and butter is going to come in, where he's going to be really prolific, and why he has a chance to be running back one is because he catches the ball so well. This guy is he. I mean, he can run out there. He can run routes. This guy could easily catch seventy footballs, sixty-five footballs. That alone will make you a running back one. That's why guys like Duke Johnson finished as a running back one last year. That's why Christian McCaffrey finished as a running back one last year. That's why guys are super excited about Jarek McKinnon right now for how many footballs he's going to catch. Same thing with Alvin Kamara. So I like Saquon Barkley a lot, and I would take Saquon Barkley uh, ahead of Dalvin Cook. I would take him ahead of Kareem Hunt, but not for that. I'd probably t- yeah I'd take him ahead of Leonard Fournette okay. as well. Um, you know what I think is interesting? I, Let me ask you on this one. Barkley versus Bell, because I think that's a fascinating one. Bell is a little bit older back, obviously an incredibly immense talent. And, high usage. Yeah, high usage, exactly. I mean, every, there's everything to like about him, except maybe him personally. And then Saquon Barkley, who, uber talent, super young, long-term buy, but you obviously haven't seen it yet. You had Bell in how you were saying it above Barkley. So how, how do you look at those two for Dynasty? Uh, I, look, I look at Le'Veon Bell as a future Hall of Famer. That's why I look at Le'Veon Bell. The guy is unbelievable. I mean, his patience behind the line, the way he runs the football, I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. And the reason and the reason he's holding out and he wants more money is because he catches the ball so damn well. Everything we just talked about, Saquon Barkley, that's what Le'Veon, uh, that's what Le'Veon Bell does. His, his pass-catching ability, you know, he looks at it as like, hey, man, I catch the ball so much. I'm so good at receiving the football. You kind of got to throw me a little bit of that receiver money as well. You know, I'm not just a running back out here. Why did Todd Gurley have one of the most amazing years ever last year? It's because he was so involved in the receiving game. So a guy like Todd Gurley, a guy like Le'Veon Bell, I think Zeke Elliott's going to take that stuff this year because how much you're going to use him in the passing game as well. Same reason why we love David Johnson so much. Guys that can run between the tackles and catch the football, they're in a league of their own. They're they're so. Rich, who, who are some like underrated guys like that that aren't in your top 12? Who are some guys that maybe you have higher than the consensus? Or, or make the move. Use, make the move from redraft to dynasty who really jump up, right? Right, you know, right. I like Sonny Michelle. Um, Sonny Michelle, okay. I like I like Duke, I like Jerick McKinnon this year in that offense. Because some people, you know, they'll argue rankings when I, you know, anytime you do rankings on Twitter or something along those lines, people are like, oh, they'll argue with you, realizing it's your opinion, right? Uh and people say they'll say, well, this guy's not better than this guy. And I, I say, well, listen, it's not about talent sometimes. Is Alvin Kamara the best running back in the NFL? No, he's on a good offense. And he can but he's – yeah, he's in a perfect scheme. He's in a perfect system on a perfect team. That's why he's going top six because he's going to score tons of fantasy points. So I like guys like Duke Johnson who's going to play slot receiver a lot. I like guys out there – I like guys that are going to catch the football. You know, guy, you know, a guy like Chris Thompson's underrated. Now they're bringing a guy like Darius yeah. Geis who's not going to play football well. A guy like Chris Thompson's really, really underrated. And why am I going to invest in a running back higher, right? A guy like, you know, like we mentioned earlier, Derrick Henry, when I can wait multiple rounds later and easily get a Chris Thompson who has a much higher chance. If, I, if, you, if you ask me right now, if both stayed healthy all year, Rich, who's going to score more fantasy points this year in a PPR league, Chris Thompson or Derrick Henry? 
I'm gonna pick Chris Thompson ten out of ten times. I actually, I gotta be honest, with you, I don't think that's even an argument. I a thousand percent agree with that. I'm, I'm a huge Chris Thompson mark, a hundred percent. I, what I think is interesting is when you get beyond this year and can you definitively say take these players over the next three years and accumulate their stats I mean I think we know the answer you're, you're not a Derrick Henry guy but can you can you confidently say that over the next three years accumulate all the stats that, that Chris Thompson will surpass and be better than Derrick Henry over the next three years that would come to a conclusion of like yeah Derrick Henry's going to be uh, you know he's just not going to have that dynasty worth I mean I can make it deeper than that we could say the same thing about Saquon Barkley you can't say that about anybody I mean, look what I mean, David Johnson. I mean, is there you asking about David Johnson? Is there a guarantee? David Johnson's over 26, right? He's he, he was out all last year hurt. He's going back to a team with an offensive line that's not that great with a, a quarterback that can get hurt by sneezing. And then a rookie's in there. I mean, there's a lot of variables point against David Johnson. But there's no I, I hate everybody that thinks they can predict the future. Right. That thinks like. Oh, well, where's, where's he going to be at three years? I'm not worried about three years, first of all. Okay, first of all, I'm trying to win this year. And I'm going to use youth as my gauge of investment of, you know, I'm going to project on his age and how long it gets me for my long-term success. Just assuming he's going to be healthy and assuming he's going to be in the same role because that's all we can do right now. We can't predict if he's going to get hurt. We can't predict if he's going to get cut or if the coach is going to get fired he's going to be a new system. We don't know that. All we know is what we know today. And I'm trying to win today. You'll see people in Dynasty and they'll say, oh, look at my team. It's so young. In three years, it's going to be fantastic. I've been playing Dynasty fantasy football for 15 years. You know my teams I've seen where people say, oh, my team's going to be so good down the road. And that never comes to fruition because there's so many variables when it comes to busting out, injuries, trades. So many things can happen. And when it comes to running back, it's such a fluid position. I mean, if you look at it every year, you look at the top 12 of the fantasy running backs every single year. You start going back from 2017 on. I use that. We use it on our podcast all the time. Hashtag two to three year window. Cause that's all you're really going to get out of your running backs. No many running backs have repeat running back one years. Not many, man, not many at all. That list is very, very few and far between because injuries are going to happen at running back. New guys are going to step up. New guys are going to come in. Guys are going to miss games. A lot's going to happen at that position. So that's why I like to invest in those young receivers because – Right. I was going to move towards that anyway. So, you know, wide receivers are a little bit more stable. I mean, you could say a lot bit more stable. It's still football. The, the guys get hurt. But they seem to be more stable, and that's why in Dynasty they're invested in higher than they are in redraft. What is your like? What is your wide receiver one list look like, Rich? From you know one to twelve or twelve to one, however you'd like to read it off. How do you rank those uh, wide receivers for my, Dynasty? My number one overall Dynasty player is DeAndre Hopkins. Number one overall. Uh, okay. Then you got Odell Beckham. Then you got Antonio Brown. Then you got Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, uh, Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Keen Allen. Um, where's that put us? Uh, I think we're at like eight or nine. Okay. Then you got guys that are mixing there that I, I'm a little bit more on some upside. I like Stephon Diggs a lot. Uh, Corey Davis, I wouldn't put him there quite yet, but I'm a really big Corey Davis fan. Allen Robinson, who I like a ton. I'll put him in my top 12. He's going to be peppered with targets. And even guys like Jarvis Landry are up there. We did have someone take Larry Fitzgerald fairly high in a dynasty mock. We did. He took him in the fifth round. Uh, obviously, he was very, very high last year. He had a ton of catches. You'd expect him to 
be fed a lot this year, even with David Johnson coming back. And he kind of talked about possibly playing for three more years. I know you have David Johnson ranked fairly low because you don't like the offense anyway. Does this affect like where are you putting Larry in for this season? Or I guess for dynasty rankings, um, because he said that three years, does that do anything for you? Or do you say I kind of have to take it year by year? With Larry, yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to take it year by year, with Larry. And he's a again, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a fantastic receiver. But it, we're talking in a vacuum here. For most part, for me, the reason I would miss out on Larry Fitzgerald in my startup draft is because I'm going to invest heavily in young receivers early. So when everybody else is reaching for guys like Larry Fitzgerald and guys along those lines, you know, guys like Devin Funchess or Michael Crabtree, then. I'm, that's when I start taking my running backs and my tight ends. Yeah, so, that, that's interesting as you've been talking too, because I'm, I'm built because it, it the, having this dynasty conversation is very interesting too. Because Bogman and I are both been predominantly because we play in a lot of dynasty keeper. We've always been win now guys in every dynasty that you play. There are always people that are building a middle in team, a win now team, and there are plenty of people that are, are building for the future. So they're all. It, it's just interesting to hear. You know, uh, you guys that do a dynasty podcast, that you're very much into the now. You're into the win now. I feel like we don't hear enough of people that because what I'm garnering is wide receivers are the youth and the young guys running backs. You'll take us, uh, you know, you're going to take the older guys later that are dropping and quarterbacks. You kind of, it almost sticks to kind of a redraft list. I find that interesting. And I guess Larry is one of those interesting ones. I thought might kind of drop in to someone you would be interested in because you've taken a bunch of young guys and he's going to fall so much. And he, and he would. Cause like you mentioned before, where's the value? Where's that? Where's that upside? You know, where's that juice start to begin where it's worth the squeeze? And for me, it's just with Larry Fitz. But, like, you know, do I like Chris Godwin a lot? Do I invest there over Larry Fitz? It all depends on the structure of my team and where I went during the draft. And, I, again, I like Larry Fitz a lot. But in the fifth round, for me, a dynasty startup, that's oh, yeah. too high. Yeah, yeah no, no, way too I'm high. Thinking, I'm thinking right around, you know, ninth round, right around there, eighth round. But it depends. It depends on the overall structure of my team. Because right around where Larry's going to go is where I like to start dipping my toes in on those young upside receivers, you know like Mike Williams from the Chargers or a guy like Chris Godwin we mentioned earlier. How about a, I got a couple like names for you? Let me let me hit a couple names to see where you're at, and maybe they'll fall into this list. I feel like they've been popular over the last couple of years, names uh, to be the like, wide receiver two, wide receiver threes. Sammy Watkins, definitely Devontae Parker is one I'm curious your take on. Any of those kind of like wide receiver two, wide receiver three guys that are taking a little bit of a boost for you, you're targeting? Yeah, I like both of those guys a lot. You know, I, I loved Sammy Watkins coming out. Loved his tape. Uh, came off injury last year, a new offense, so I don't really put that against them too much. And they, they paid him really good money, really good money. So same thing with like a running back when it comes to, say, carries. How many targets is my receiver going to get? Now, Sammy's in a funny situation because Robert Woods played really well last year. I love Cooper Cup coming out. He played really well too. So you, and then So you have those three receivers there. Where Devontae Parker on the other side, he's – He's almost the only guy in the whole entire offense, really. He's got the 80-inch wingspan, really had good hands coming out of college, coming out of Louisville. I am still all over that Devontae Parker bandwagon. I still am. I think if you ask me, I'd say this is the year he actually does step up. And if he doesn't, you know, then we know know it's over pretty much. Yeah, I was going to say this is it, though, right? Like this is is the last shot he gets. This is definitely his last shot. But, I mean, he's – they put him in position to succeed. So – if he's going to get that many targets, if he's going to get 140 targets somewhere around there, I mean, if not more, 
if he catches seventy percent of those balls, we're in a really good spot with Devontae Parker. So I think he's I think I still think he's a talented receiver. I think sometimes people are way too quick to shove players by the wayside. I before going into last year, I made a strong case about Nelson Algalor, saying, you know, the guy's a former first round pick. You know, he, he some players take time to develop. People are like what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately? Same thing about that Jameis Winston poll. What's going on right now? And I, I sat, I was like, a guy like Nelson Aguilar, for where he's going, which is almost the last round of drafts, I'm like, it's a pretty good value pick there. Where we mentioned earlier, upside, a guy like Nelson Aguilar going to last year had really good upside because he had a good draft investment in there. There wasn't a ton of stuff going around him competition-wise, and that was before they even got a guy like uh, Al, or before Alshon Jeffrey signed there long-term. So for me... Devontae Parker, everything I saw on film, he had the talent. So can he put together this year? This is it. This is this is his chance. Can he put this together this year and become an NFL wide receiver? If you ask me, I'm saying yes. And he's one of those guys where I would kind of gamble on and take on that upside. When you we talked about earlier, like, okay, who's the guy that you, you know, you're gonna lean towards the upside? That to me speaks value. Upside to me is value. And I think Devontae Parker's got some really good upside. DynastyNerds.com and co-host of the Dynasty Nerds podcast. Make sure to go check it out. He is Rich Dodson. You can find him on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. Rich, thanks for uh, making time for us, man. Thanks for coming on. Hey, I really appreciate you guys having me on anytime. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. In this league. I thought we were going to be just friends. What? Friends listen to- In this league. In the dark. All right, welcome back. Final segment. There's always endless love. Not necessarily the end of In This League. Uh, Rich Dodds from Dynasty Nerd just joined us in that interview. What we're going to do here is, again, something we talked about on the In This League Fantasy Football Podcast. We talked about the top 10 movers up and uh, on the episode we also talk about the top 10 movers down so i highly suggest you go take a look at that but this is bogman and i's conversation about dynasty players and the top 10 guys move on up moving on up i'd say saquon barkley is number one saquon is going off anywhere between six and 12 i think more common leagues there's definitely a perception that's still going on of the whole like uh, hasn't done it hasn't proven it da, 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 da. but he's also going as high as six in a dynasty perspective, it's hard to see him go past three. Maybe he goes four. So, I mean, we talked about the consideration of him being the number one overall pick in dynasty. Uh, he sat there around two and three, and and uh, I think it was someone like kind of scoffed when he went third overall. Like, oh, and it's like, well, well dude, this is a dynasty mock draft. He, he yeah, he's going to go three. I don't think so. I actually don't know that that's right because I'm looking at. Fantasy pros and look, you know, fantasy pros isn't always the best. Like there are some people who rank things crazily because they want to know, be known as the guy that got X, Y and Z. Right. I guess it's going to be a wide receiver thing. This, uh, that's, this is a fair point that counters what my argument's going to be. You're going to throw in some of these wide receivers and he's going to probably go lower 
then it's he's not going necessarily to a wide receiver thing. It's just that the best he's ranked among dynasty right now is six. Really? The lowest is 22. That's just someone like I'm never taking, you know, that's the guy that wants Devonte Parker and Dante Moncrief because they're young wide receivers, you know, but Barkley is as high as six and as low as 22. Now, uh, personally, I like I do like to take wide receivers. That's the point the Welsh was making. Just because I feel like the wide receivers' careers in Dynasty last longer, and there is a difference. You know what I mean? There's there's different tiers to Dynasty, but Dynasty is where you keep most of your roster. Keeper is where you keep some of your roster. Well, we're trying to throw this in a little bit together. Ke- keeper is totally applicable here, but you know something we haven't prefaced, and I would say this to anybody: y- your keeper rankings adjust by what the league settings are. So if you do a keeper league that you keep two players, you just move to redraft ranks after your your players are kept. First two rounds. Yeah, if you keep four players, the same thing applies. When rounds are attached to the guys, it's a whole other ball game, you know. Because- Occasionally, you want to take some upside guys, you know what I mean, that yeah. are a little bit younger, but... Uh- Mainly, it doesn't move that much. So maybe, so. I mean, maybe, uh, th- this is an interesting conversation we're having because for, from my perspective, if we were starting a fresh new dynasty, I mean, are you telling me if you had pick four and Barkley was there, you wouldn't jump on it? No, I I would, I'd consider him as high as three. I would put probably Odell and uh, Hopkins way, way up there because above, they're really good wide Barkley? receivers. Yeah, above Barkley because they're they're young. So you know, then who's the young. running back above Barkley? I mean, if you want to put Gurley up there in Zeke and, and probably David Johnson. Okay, so know, I mean, you're and, taking him seven. I, I'm not saying I, I haven't made my ranks yet, but what I'm saying is I see the argument for all of those guys going ahead of Barkley. I mean, because I see, I see they, any they've argument. proven it before. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the tough thing with Dynasty. I see all arguments, but if you're ta- – like the running back position, it is so fluid. It's going to change over time. Elliot is so young. I think Elliot belongs right up near the top of that list. When I look at the receivers that are out there, and you know the the ability, like the the difference in the running backs, I'd that probably I'm have get, him four. To be honest with you, yeah. See, I think I'm gonna I have like, him at three. I would. I would have OBJ, Hopkins, uh, Zeke, and then probably Barkley, and then. Uh, girly Bell, Bell Girly, one of those. Yeah, see, I don't think I'm going to have the wide receiver. I mean, I I, I don't want to be super. I know this is a very counterintuitive thing for a lot of people with Dynasty, but if I'm in the top four picks, I don't know if I want to change too much about what I'm doing, even if it's redraft or Dynasty. Like, Barkley. They just and, last longer, dude. I yeah, mean, but these are also like super young ass running backs. It's not. I think it's a difference between taking, like, like Le'Veon Bell could be the number one player in fantasy in, in a PPR standpoint. But he's older, and they break down. To your point, you get a guy like Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott. Those guys still probably have, at worst, what six, seven years of full-on production as a top no, running back. At worst, they have two years because well, that is a brutal, brutal. Yeah, that's position. the pessim- that's a pessimist outlook. For it's sure. not the pessimist view. It's the it's the not all the running backs last. The really good ones last a long time. But guys like uh, you know guys like. Adrian Peterson don't come around that often. And that is why you have those four guys. That's why I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't put David Johnson in that group because he's already had injury problems. Okay. This is a good good Barkley conversation. You mentioned with Gurley, Zeke, Bell, 
you know, I mean, I mean, even Bell, you can knock a little bit as far as he's had injury problems. You know, mostly they've been in the playoffs, so they don't affect fantasy. But I mean, he's broken down and he's had suspensions. So and Zeke has had suspensions, too. So, you, you know, you just combine that stuff with knowing that those guys break down uh, for a long time. I mean, you should go back and look and see the running backs that were in the draft class of Larry Fitzgerald. You know, and, and I know Larry Fitzgerald is kind of a. You know, he's kind of a solo case because he's lasted so long and he's been so good for so long. But those wide receivers that are up there, like Beckham, I could see him lasting that long, too. Yeah, so, maybe you're right. And Antonio player. Brown is a, is a great case study for the wide receiver position. And I think it does become a lot about uh, the preference and what you want to do. Like I said, if I have the opportunity to get a Barkley or an Elliott near the top in a dynasty, I want to take that because I think... If I'm putting and I'm if if I'm setting my sights on a running back high end on a draft, I want to win now while also building for the future. I feel like it is the perfect piece for me. The best part about taking a running back high is that everyone is going to be looking for running backs. Yeah, everyone is going to be looking for running backs in the draft the next season, and you can be the guy looking for the wide receivers. In my opinion, yeah. that is the that is the big reason to take a running back. So if I don't, and like I said, if I don't get a chance at Beckham or Hop, Beckham, Odell Beckham Jr. or DeAndre Hopkins, I'm going like four or five running backs deep after that, and then I'm probably back. Every dynasty receiver, you so. and I have ever played, it has been wide receiver early with some running backs, and then every year in on out, people are chasing running backs. So um, that's a twofold part. You know, it shows the fluidity of the position, but also shows the value if you do have the right guys. The next three, two, three, and four on this list: Odell Beckham Jr., who we've talked about, Corey Davis, and Juju Smith-Schuster, all running backs. Odell Beckham, like you said, he goes all from a spot. All wide receivers and not running backs. Yeah, well, and this is our choice. We kind of put this you list. Said, well, you said all running backs. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant we're all wide receivers. My <laughs> bad. All wide receivers on this list where Beckham we talked about, he's going anywhere from I think as high as seven in redraft to the middle of the second round, and he becomes a top three pick, a potential top three pick pending the people that are drafting there in Dynasty. Maybe it goes to four or five. Corey Davis, though, is the most interesting to me because that's a guy that is, I don't know what his uh, ADP is off the top of my head in redraft right now. I have to assume it's probably in the 80s, something like that. Um, uh, probably a little bit higher just because. At best so a wide receiver like three though, right? Um, I, he might be a wide receiver two. I'll look. While, while okay, you look. So, he, But he's one of those guys that goes from, let's just for argument's sake, call him 75 right now in redraft to going up to probably being a top 30 pick in Dynasty. Because of how much room there is to grow, the wide receiver position we talked about, he just hasn't done it. It hasn't panned yet. So there is a, like, I do think there's a little bit of that, like, where people, the shiny toy effect, where he didn't do it last year. He can actually be a little bit more of a deal, but he takes a massive jump in uh, Dynasty or Keeper. Yeah, he's going off uh, in Dynasty, uh, according to Fantasy Pros, like I said, is, you know, it's a consensus. It's not the best we have. But it's funny that his window is so small. It's 31 to 41. Yeah, that's what I said. But it, what is it redraft? I want to know what it is redraft. It redraft. I'm looking it up right okay. now. It, it seems to be. Because I think he's got a 30 to 40 spot minimum jump. 44 to 151. Okay, that, like I said. Okay, it's even more drastic than I thought just off the but top of his my head. But his average is 75. Okay, <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it. I said 75. So that's exactly the point. He is a huge, massive rank jumper. Juju Smith-Schuster is another one of those, though he is the second target on his team. 
he really, really boosted that up. Besides Beckham, like if you like, where do you think your shares would go? Corey Davis or Juju Smith Schuster in Dynasty? I mine would definitely go to, to to Juju, but uh, I I feel like Juju, you're probably getting a little bit cheaper than Corey. Maybe not. Maybe uh, they're about the same. Uh, he jumps 15 spots. It was 75 in standard. He jumps 15 spots in PPR to 60. Um, Corey Davis does, but I think Juju is the like he's just, he's in a passing offense. Yeah. Uh, now we're changing. Uh, we are we're changing coordinators in Tennessee this year, so we'll get to see how they use Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry, Mariota, Corey Davis, all these guys. So Corey Davis could boost midseason. You know, it could be week one. That uh, it, It's clear they're going to use him so much, but really that is a running offense, and it has been for a while. I mean, they wore out to Marco Murray. He's gone. Pop, now popular dynasty have, guy, though. I mean, the, the, we're, what we're saying is, by the rank yeah. goes, he is going off in, in dynasty slash keeper, a little bit more dynasty as like a wide receiver, too. He's got his cost. And to be honest, I'll just take the guy with the cheaper cost and Juju is cheaper. Yeah. Uh, he's 37 and uh, Corey Davis is 32. So. All right. The next uh, five, six and seven are actually running backs. Uh, not <laughs> me missed uh, speaking. Nick Chubb. We put it five. Darius Geis at six and Rashad Penny at seven. So this is the current draft class uh, perspective of these guys that, like I said before, you can make a top 10 list of just all the guys that went are being undervalued really maybe outside of Saquon Barkley, as we discovered, that all the guys are being way undervalued for our dynasty or keeper. But in this respect, like Geis and Penny kind of belong in there, though I would be fair that I'm not sure they, they go drastically higher, but the the point of guys like Penny, uh, but, but, but I mean, uh, let me just finish higher. here and I'll, and I'll go to, because I want to talk about Chubb, but, but like Geis and Penny are going to go ahead of guys probably like LaShawn McCoy and maybe even Devontae Freeman. So that is dramatic. A guy like Nick yeah. Chubb is the most interesting because I think you and I agree he is probably the second best talent from this draft class who is blocked right now, but the Browns can get out from Carlos Hyde next year, which would kind of lead the way for Chubb. So I think Chubb firmly stands at five because in a dynasty keeper, he really takes a big jump if you're in this for the long haul. Yeah, I mean, Chubb right now in... PPR redraft is going off at 118. He's going off at 47 yeah. in Dynasty. So much, much higher. He's going one spot ahead of Penny at 48. And then Geis, I believe, is at 36. 36. Yeah, you know, and, and so. Geis, I think, do you, okay, do you think Geis is favored because he's going to walk into a role for year yes. one? Do you think 100%. that's the only reason? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I really, agree with you. Well, look, there's a lot of people that had guys ahead of Chubb anyway. So mm. for me yeah. and you, I believe yeah. no, you're, that yeah. you know, Chubb goes ahead because we think he's the better talent. But most people had guys as the second best talent at running back behind Barkley in this draft. So I think that combo plus he walks into a starting gig. Yeah, those are the reasons why he's going to move up. Yeah, so. so all of those guys, the, the point to know is um, you know, as they move – there, I mean, a guy like Chubb drastically moves. Geis and Penny, Ronald Jones, those guys move a bit, but it's not necessarily so much about how much higher they go. It becomes about the backs that they're going in front of. They're now going in front of some of the older backs. The last three here uh, put Deshaun Watson at eight because, you know, how people are going to treat quarterbacks. Some in a keeper dynasty might want to have that long-term quarterback. Deshaun Watson is definitely going to probably go higher. 
Josh Gordon is still a little bit of an enigma, but he's got a high-end wide receiver one. And Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon from last year, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stank that's on him, that bad stank. And uh, people are <laughs> people in Dynasty are willing to kind of let that go for him to be a featured back. So what do you think about I mean, now you can just openly kind of talk about the list of top 10. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, the ones that you put here, uh, Mixon is the one by far going that that's going to get the biggest bump, I, I think. Uh, to, to be honest, I don't know. Watson should probably get a bump. I don't know that he will just for the simple fact of we only got to see like six games. So people still need to figure well, out he goes whether off as he's the number one. He goes off as the number one quarterback taken in dynasty. Unless of course you've got teams that are just, I want to win now. If it's a, you know, if it's a keeper where you only keep three, three or four guys, you probably could still get Rogers, you know, stuff like that. But if it's bigger keepers or dynasty, Deshaun Watson is going off as the number one quarterback. Okay, I didn't know he was going off the number one. His spot between redraft and dynasty is only seven spots different. So, so they're just quarterbacks going ahead of him in redraft. They're being taken earlier. Um, the uh, Josh Gordon, I don't know. I like Josh Gordon, but he's had so many problems. He he becomes risky in dynasty. I think he may actually drop a little bit in dynasty. Uh, just for the simple fact that he is a risk of suspensions and all the stuff. He seems to be good. I have no problem drafting him. I think he's turned his life around, so I don't have any problems. I think he might he might be close to the same just because of those things. Mixon is the guy. Mixon is the guy that will move way, way up because we know Marvin Lewis is getting fired after this year, and they should take real steps to build the team around Mixon. And if you put Mixon in this group of running backs from this season, I might still have him as number two or three. If you mixed last year's running back draft class with this year, I might have him at two. He'd be two or three because I would still have Barkley one, but I would go with uh, McCaffrey and Mixon way, way up there. I mean, Kamara and Hunt are also up there, but as far as pure talent, I think that if you had Mixon in like New Orleans, he would he would be way ahead of he might be a top three pick now so a, an important thing to point out here as well this is subjective this is just what we decided to put as a top ten list of players that we think make moves to, uh, in dynasty but you know as we have the conversation maybe Barkley actually doesn't make enough of a move I do think he becomes a bigger target maybe a guy like Josh Gordon doesn't necessarily take as big of a move but I do feel like perception does change and then you see players like Corey Davis Nick Chubb uh Joe Mixon those players are going to make draft uh, drastic changes it's funny because a lot of people like the mantra of take younger wide receivers because they last longer but young running backs move so far up in dynasty drafts because people want to try to nail down that position so they're not hunting for it in their rookie drafts and things like that and you know you might wind up making all kinds of mistakes drafting like that all right there you go that is the episode you want more dynasty talk go listen to the in this league fantasy football podcast the most recent edition you will get it there i promise you go to this league.com and check out all the itl uh, podcast plus this one if you missed any of the great stuff the baseball football or basketball talk we're multifaceted but bogman that's the episode we we have to say goodbye it's so hard to say goodbye but we got to do it yes don't worry we'll be back next week for more on in this league good night goodbye